Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. Hey, 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 this is Will Strayhorn. Thanks for tuning in. It's Tuesday, December the 17th, 2019. We are eight days away from Christmas, and I'm happy to have my girl, the new birthday girl in the studio with me, Miss Paula B. Welcome to the show, boo. Hey, hey everybody. How are you? Happy Tuesday. <laughs> How you doing, birthday girl? Are you still celebrating oh, or is it over? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm finally recovered. From a amazing birthday weekend, thanks to my brother Will Strayhorn and my friends, I had an amazing time. I was so surprised. I mean, all the lies that you guys told me, all the crying <laughs> that I did from the lies that you told me, came out to have a happy ending. It was amazing. Yes, 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 yes. So you were really surprised. I, I I swear on everything I love. I I mean I really believe the lie that you told me that we were going to a Christmas party, um, right. so you could get your bonus check because I was looking forward to getting at least twenty dollars of your bonus check because <laughs> I was out there in all that damn rate. But right, right. I and you know every, the real party is tomorrow though, where I get my bonus check, taking us to Captain George's. So that's where oh, I'm glad tomorrow, I'm yeah, I mean, I would go with you if you needed a plus one. I would definitely go. No, you don't no like seafood, question do you? about it. I love seafood. Oh, I, I absolutely love seafood. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. But, you know, I like, like, one of my favorite restaurants is um, El Giordino's. I love Italian food. But I like mussels. Um, I love calamari. I love shrimp. Um, I had this big craving for fried fish uh, a couple of weeks ago, so I went to uh, what is it? Where did I? What's the name of that restaurant? Um, the uh, the restaurant that was in Richmond, and they brought it here. I keep forgetting the oh, name. Oh, Crocus Spot. Crocus Spot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That fish Do you like them? What, yeah, what kind I, of fish well, did you get? I guess it was whiting, and I I mean they okay. were really okay. big, and they were really good, but. I, because I ha- I don't even like fry, eat fried food at all, but I just had a dream and a craving about the um, fish. It was awesome. But I think that the restaurant here, the restaurant in Richmond, I believe, for me, and a lot of people I spoke to, is much better yeah. than the yeah. one that's in, in Norfolk. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. And I, I've never even been to the one in, in Richmond, but I wasn't I wasn't really that impressed with the one here. I've been there a couple of times. It's not bad. It's not bad. But um it's not like, you know, something that I have to have to have to go to. But I heard the one that exactly. was in Richmond was pretty good. Yeah. It is. Have it to is try it out. They, they give you lots and lots and lots of food. It was amazing. But you know, you have to keep up, you know, with the how you start off the restaurant and the quality and quantity mm-hmm. of food that you're getting mm-hmm. and the taste of mm-hmm. it, you have to keep that up. So when you go do a chain, you you're exactly. automatically going to mirror the the restaurant um, in Richmond, which, which is 
you know, it's always like a little disappointing because yeah. I, actually you can have the same recipe, but you don't have the same cook. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, that's what yeah. it is? So, yeah, I yeah. Think so. I think but you would think that, that, that they have... But it sounds good. Huh? You would think, like you were saying, like when you open up a chain, people go and that they hear the name, so they're expecting... They're already going with the expectation for the food that they taste a certain kind of way. Um, but when you're kind of like disappointed like that, I wasn't, and I wasn't, I don't, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but it definitely wasn't what the hype that I heard from people in Richmond. Everybody's like, you yeah. need to come try the one in Richmond, which I guess I will eventually. Yeah, yeah uh, we're going to have to go. No, we don't mind traveling for that. So, yeah, no, we definitely we will do that. Yes. So, um, Looking through the news and everything going on, um, I know we were talking. We had a good time at your house on Sunday, which I what did you call it? The, the wrap up to your birthday weekend. Um, good conversation, and you, yeah, we brought up that topic, that question that we were trying to talk about about whether people thought, you know, let's take a shot. We know it's all sexy and everything on the movies and on the screen when they show it, it looks romantic and all this kind of stuff. Couples taking showers together, you know. Me and you both agree that we we not down with it. We not we not down no. with it. You don't find I, it I sexy. Not, I I find nothing sexy about it at all. I've done it twice in my life, and both times I didn't like. Well, first of all, I think the first time the reason one of the reasons why I didn't do it because I always felt body well I have been body shamed. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. Uh-huh. if you don't feel secure about yourself. Um, right. You're not going to want to do that. Then, secondly, my hair, I was like, you know, my hair doesn't take water. I don't have wash and wear hair. So I, I would have to go in there with a cap or know that I'm going to go in there and get my hair wet, and I'm going to have to call my stylist immediately. Right. I'm done with all of it. But the thing is, stylist- I, don't, I, I didn't find anything sexy about it. Even when I did it with my ex-boyfriend, I was much mm-hmm. younger. Um because I didn't, when I got out of the shower, I didn't feel clean. I didn't have sex when I was in there. We were just in there washing each other, and then, you know, you just got out. So, and plus, I'm thinking if you're trying to have sex in the shower and it's wet, you get all into it. What if you slip? It, it's just, it's just, and, and, and plus, when I'm in the shower and in the bathroom, that's the only time that I have really by myself. And that's mm-hmm. when I get all my creativity. When I'm in the shower, that's when I have an opportunity to have a conversation with God. It's just my own personal time. I don't want to share that with anybody. I, I don't want to do it. And, I, and it's uncomfortable. I mean, the shower's only like a freaking two-by-four anyway. All right, exactly. Everybody's talking about having double heads. Y'all know y'all don't have no double head in your shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much dirt. Yeah, you can't even bend down. Do you feel? I mean, I've tried it. And I keep voicing that I'm not, you know, too, too, you know, impressed or intrigued. That doesn't excite me. It doesn't turn me on. doesn't do anything for me except aggravate me. Because, you know, one person likes the water hot. One person likes the medium. You know, like you said, it's, it's a small space. You're trying to maneuver, clean the areas you need to clean. It's not sexy. So just, why don't you just wait until I get out and then you can get in. And then if you want to do something later on, we can do that nice and clean. But that bathroom thing, yeah. I just. I just don't, it's, I it's just, it don't do it for me. It don't do it for me. Like, some of the girls are like, yes, I love it. But, you know, they did make a good point. They're like, well, it's a twofold thing. Are you going in there to make it sexy to have sex in the shower? 
yeah, I'll probably do that. But if you want to just get in the shower because we're, we both need to take a shower at the same time because we're running late or something, no, I'm not going to want to do that because that's when that the water's too high, I need the water mm-hmm. this way, then you need to excuse me and see. When I wash myself, I like to wash myself. You understand what I mean? Right, I right. Like exactly. You're in there for a purpose. And, Right, and you know when I want to wash my yaya and everything out, I, I want to wash it. I don't want to act like I'm being kind of cute about it. You know what I mean? No, I mm-hmm. I, I want to clean my whole entire self. So I, I just I even have a sex in the shower. I I just don't see it. But some people, I mean, I posed this question, which is a very great topic. They they think that it's the sexiest thing ever, like taking a bath with somebody. I don't want to do that either. Taking a bath. Yeah, you know how they have like in the, oh, sitting in the dirt. Oh my God, no. Yeah, I gotta sit in my own dirt. I don't want to sit in your dirt. That, that's not sexy to me either. Would you do that? No, not at all. Not at all. Have you done? Not at all. Like getting a, I, Have you gotten in a jacuzzi with somebody? Yeah. Uh huh. I've done that before. Same thing. I've done like that you? before, but I mean, even that, I don't. Ugh. But a jacuzzi to me is different than soaking in, soaking in a bathtub for the purpose of getting clean. Because even when I get in the bathtub, I still have to take a, a shower afterwards because you're just soaking right. in dirt. And then, you know, hopefully people are a little bit cleaner in jacuzzi. Some people <laughs> probably not. But um, <laughs> I don't know. But all I know is this whole shower thing. Like, I even asked my boss, and she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like you know, and you know, no. some but I find that a lot of women were saying they they really didn't like doing that. But I, I know a I lot mean, of I men. See. I mean, I can see, I can see men, yeah, because they're trying to get on certain things can go on in the shower. I mean, for that purpose, yeah, I like it. That's happening in the shower. But when I want to go to the shower because I want to get clean, wait till I get out and then you get in. Yeah. Right. Now, when I did find out something really fancy about the shower that um, one of my bosses told me about, which I didn't know, I feel like I'm so um, ignorant about certain things. So she's Uh like, have you ever taken a shower and taken a shower head off and used the shower head like as a vibrator and get an orgasm from a shower head? I was like, what? I was like, I never even heard anything like that. Listen, I never even heard of anything like that. I was like, they're like, Paula, you've never done that? I'm like, I wouldn't even think to do that. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even remotely think to do it. So my mom's no. shower in Connecticut, her, her host, I hope she's not listening, God forbid. You know, mm-hmm. the shower comes off. So I was there for like two weeks because my mom had surgery, and I was taking care of it. So, you know, I was feeling a little, you know, I needed something, some relief. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, let me try this shower head thing that they were talking about. So I tried it. I almost killed myself in that shower. That's why I would never have a shower. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. And my mom's knocking on the door like, why is it taking you so long in that shower? I was in that shower hollering. Do you understand me? I, it was the most amazing thing ever. Are but you I didn't serious? Know that she, yes, I did not know that she could get that. I think because of the pressure of the water. Where you put it in that very sensual, sensational spot, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And I'm just sitting there with my mouth open, looking like some kind of crackhead, just getting this amazing feeling ever from the shower head. 
Oh, and I was God. like, oh, my God. So, like, <laughs> every five minutes I wanted to take a shower. In the morning, then my mom was like, you're going to waste up on my water. She didn't know what I was doing in that shower. It was amazing. Oh, okay. All right, then. Thank you for that. Sorry. Thank you for that little tidbit, that that trivia well, moment. I mean, we appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be able to get you that are... out of my mind. <laughs> yes, I know. Sure. What a visual. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was on, on, I think it was one of those morning shows. Now, I don't know if it was Good Morning America or CBS. They were talking about um, dating people who you're not attracted to. Um, yeah. And I, I thought it was I thought it was uh, an interesting article. Here's some highlights. It says uh, when it comes to attraction versus connection, there's more to both than meets the eye. It was saying that you should consider dating someone that you're not attracted to. It doesn't necessarily mean that you should settle for less, but you should date someone that you're not already attracted to. Because one of the reasons that initial attraction um, is is the issue is because it can be a little bit on the shallow side. Of things. Another reason is because uh-huh. um, they said attraction versus connection. Um, bro, you wife the wrong one. A lot of us find ourselves in relationships that don't truly satisfy us. It's because we believe that attraction and connection are one in the same when they absolutely are not. It says if you're entering into something uh-huh. with someone and your attention is it for just to be a casual jump off or hookup or whatever, of course, looks at what's going right. to matter to you the most. You're not trying to establish anything more than physical gratification. But if it's for the long right. haul, you should look beyond that. And I have, you know what, after reading that, I had to agree. I had, because you and I have had this conversation, Paula B. definitely has a type. Here are my quote fingers. You definitely have a type. And I remember at a party, I don't know if it was one or two years ago, and I was like, I think that person right there for you is really nice. Not even text that person and told that person <laughs> to meet you outside. <laughs> and this person was, I don't know if they were feeding you BS or whatever. They were like, they were really attentive. They were really showing me that they were really interested in you. And you said they text or called you a couple of times after. But no, Paula B was not having it. Was not having it. So what was the deal? Could you date someone that you're not attracted to? For the sake of saying, if you know, if we can make it, if if they can make you happy in other places or other ways, I think I yeah. did. Not that I wasn't attracted to my husband, but my husband is definitely not my normal type. When I had to see through, no. see past that, just the other traits and things that he was doing that I really liked. Um, and you know, I definitely don't want to say I settled for anything. I don't, I don't feel like I did that at all. But you know, I had to look beyond that initial. Like shock value, I guess you could say. So, so what say ye? What do you say about that situation? Because what I tried to set so you up, and you were having right, the gentleman. Right. Well, the gentleman you were talking about, mm-hmm. nice guy, definitely mm-hmm. not my type. You see what I'm saying? But the thing of it is, is that when you asked me to, you were always saying that you wanted to see me, but you never wanted to take me out. You understand what I'm saying? You never. So, you know, that was a red flag. I'm not uh, all about the all about the money. You know, it's not about that to me. Everybody mm-hmm. says that I have a type. I think that at this juncture in my life, um, I, I'd rather be connected to you than attracted to you, just like what the article said. 
because for the simple fact, attraction only lasts a little while because right. you may be fine as hell. Mm-hmm. Rest sharp as sharp can be. Smell like a smell amazing. But mm-hmm. when I really get to know and know your personality and know know that dark side of you, you do not look attractive to me at all. Not even a right. little bit. And those people that are really attractive like that, you really don't last in the long because they they're so um, egotistical. You know that you're fine. You know that you're attractive. You know women want you. You know, so you got them coming and I going. I think that's you true. Have so many options. Yes, but when they get to yeah. know you, then that's a whole horse of another color. Mm-hmm. So the thing of it is, would I date a guy that's not attractive? Absolutely, because now it's all about um, the connection, getting to know that inner beauty, because mm-hmm. that inner beauty makes you look beautiful. Now, because I have a friend that dates a guy that's not that attractive. But mm-hmm. this guy is the nicest guy ever. I mean, I even think he's nice looking for the things that he does and how his personality is and how genuine he is and how mm-hmm. authentic he is. You know, even to me, I think he's a nice looking guy. You know what I mean? But, but the okay. average woman would, hmm? But, okay, so Go ahead. Let's, let's, let's tweak the title of the article a little bit more. So not necessarily okay. that it says that you're not attracted to which you brought up a good point. You definitely have a type. You know your type. And you were saying that the guy at the party that we were at was not your type. So he didn't catch your eye off the bat. My type, which I've never dated, tall, dark basketball builds. Think of people like Kobe, um, Dwayne Wayne, that type. I really like that type build, that that complexion, Dwayne Wayne, all that. Never dated, but that is always what catches my eye. I always date the very opposite. So I've always chosen, which I wouldn't say are um, not attractive, but they're not my type. You, I just don't see you dating out your type. Because every time I see somebody, I'm like, yep, that's your type. That's, they all fit in a mold. They could all fit in a category. Like they could be <laughs> relatives. Right, but it's always the wrong guy. It's always the wrong, you know, it doesn't work out well. You understand what I mean? Because of this whole type thing. But Mm -hmm. I never realized that until you told me. Then another Mm -hmm. one of my friends told me. They're like, you definitely have a type. And I really didn't realize that until you brought it to my attention. Mm -hmm. So are you willing to date outside of it? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime somebody's voice goes up in pitch when they say something, they're lying. And yours just went up like, what, two, three pitches? I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about it, but you know, I'm dating now. You know what I mean? And, uh-huh, and the person right. I'm dating, and everybody's saying, you know, well, that's yeah, probably that's your type. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I never knew that I had a type, but mm-hmm. the thing of it is, is that you know, the person that I'm dating now, I don't. Do you think that that's the type of dude that I? You think that's my type? That's what I go for all the time. I mean that that, that that you you have a mold. You have a mold. I would have really liked to have seen how that other situation worked out. I want to well, see somebody keep you off your feet. That's what I want. The to other see. right. Well, I well, you know that I'm already swept off my feet. But the thing Girl. is that the other guy, I know the other guy <laughs> was just was not my. You know the thing of it is is that you know he just totally was not my type. 
You know what I mean? Nice guy. Love talking to you on the telephone. I could talk to you on the telephone all day. But the thing of it is, is that you, you, okay, I'm going to give you a situation. So I'm down at the beach, you know, working. You know, mm-hmm. you call me and be like, oh, I, I came all the way down here to see you. But the thing, you came all the way down here to see me at the beach. You didn't tell me you were coming. But the thing of it is, why would you come all the way down there to see me at the beach instead of saying, hey, let's meet for drinks or let me take you? have never asked to take me across the street. Mm. You, never asked, you never asked to do that. Even if we went Dutch, because, you know, I don't care about going Dutch at all. That's, I don't have a problem with doing that at all. Absolutely not. But you've never, you've never once said that to me. So that's a red flag for me. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I do get yeah, you on that. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're a nice guy, but there's, a, you know, another gentleman that was very nice. You know, I know he's extremely nice. Um, definitely not my type, but um, what? Absolutely, because we have a lot in common. You you understand what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. um, definitely not my type. But the thing of it is, is that the, in the article it also said, do you date people that's attractive because you want because of your image? Like if you go somewhere, you want somebody. You walk in a room and be like, damn, he, you know, Paula, he is fine. You understand what I'm saying? Which makes you mm-hmm. feel good. But when I get home, he could be kicking my behind. You understand what I'm saying? But everybody's just saying that, you know, I'm just so lucky because he's so nice looking. And that's what they say. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to, well, I mean, the person that I'm dating on is very handsome. You know, so maybe, you know, so I'm going to have to concur with you about the type thing, but um, I don't know. Okay. I, sometimes I that's, that sometimes that's just the best answer. I just do not know. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> that's the safe answer. So, okay, yeah. you're a twin. I don't understand what's going on with your twin, but you know I idolize. She's my number one. She's my 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 BFF in my head. She's everything to me. But, you know, some people have been making some comments about her that I almost cannot disagree with. Um, we're talking about mega mogul Miss Oprah Winfrey. You know, she's coming out with this um, story that's talking about Russell Simmons and uh, some of the Me Too, hashtag Me Too, sexual harassment allegations against him, I believe, which were, um, he was found not guilty of, but she's coming out with this movie. Um, you know, she's also done the, what was it, um, Finding Neverland or something like that? when she was doing the Michael Jackson story, which the guys admitted that they lied. Um, and, you know, 50 Cent had did a claim that he's, like, coming out against her, asking why she attacking all of the, the black heroes, the black Hollywood guys who have made it, instead of some of the people who she's rubbed shoulders with. And there were pictures posted with her and Harvey Weinstein, her with um, Trump, her with President Bush, the son, all of those. So what are you thinking about this? Oh, my God. Well, like you said, everybody swears that I look so much like Oprah. And I look at her mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I, yeah, I can see it. But now I'm really upset with her, so I don't want to be her twin. But I think I'm very upset with her. Um, 
for, you know, trying to out them. And Russell Simmons, I once I read the article, you know, he admitted that he was a womanizer. He admitted that, you know, he uh, was doing his thing back in the day, which was like over 40 years ago. Um, and he even had to take this lie detector test, three of them, for his children to show that, you know, he's not lying. I think Oprah should be ashamed of herself for for going after Russell Simmons like that. You know, this man has, you know, everybody has skeletons in their closet, even her. So mm-hmm. I don't understand what you're what you're looking for to get out of ridiculing these people in the media like that about their personal, private, sexual affairs. And also the women that she's speaking with that just all just so distraught, I'm sure that Russell Simmons, when they were screwing him, were buying them Gucci product and everything else and giving them money. And half of these women that's coming out saying, I don't really believe half of them will. And I know that's bad to say. Because you waited all this time and you're destroying so many men's lives and you have gone on with your life, had children, gotten married, you know, you don't have mm-hmm. any scars or anything. Now all of a sudden you're falling apart. Give me a break. That's why Bill Cosby's in jail today for some nonsense. Yeah. I believe someone's going to make, uh, try to make a story out of that as well. Um, yes, but I, I don't understand article. what Oprah's after. Do you what what is what is what is her goal? What is what is she trying to achieve by doing that? I don't understand. Am I, My, I, I understand her purpose in making captivating movies because she's trying to remain relevant. She's trying to um stay, you know, on top of the media by making stories that she thinks she's going people are gonna tune into. But there are so many other options. My my question to her is why them when there are so many other options of people like Harvey Weinstein, like um, you can do the real Trump story. These are people that you oppose with that you uh, you voice having you know friendships or relationships with. Why are you just attacking the the black guy, the black the, the black guy? When, right, you and know, you know what. All this controversy with Donald Trump and all the, you know, what he has done and what he's going through. You, I don't hear you talking about that. Right, exactly. You know, and, uh, we. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. We have a homeless crisis going on. I mean, you could put your attention to so many other things than worrying about what these people have done in the past and not focusing on. Like you said, the Harvey Weinstein's and the Donald Trumps and, you know, um, what is the actor's name um, that's, uh, uh, they had a show, they just, I can't even think of his name right now. Um, you know, he, he and, and the other reporter, everybody, all those um, people that have done something that is quiet because they have paid, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're, under the, they're under the radar now, so that you don't want yeah. to... Um, say anything about them. Right. Right. She's highly selective. She's highly selective in the people that she, um, the stories that she's she's choosing to exploit. And I'm looking through these, and they're they're like people with Monique, how Monique was making claims, and people are calling her crazy and stuff like that. They're saying how now people, some people are finding some truth to the claims that um, 
Monique was making. Um, she also, this article is also talking about an interview that she had with Tony Braxton back in the day when Tony yes. had claimed bankruptcy and how um, basically she just gaslighted her, called her irresponsible, and that she didn't have a right to spend her money like that that people had supported her with. I've never heard her say and anything I like that. that. Was terrible. Yeah, yeah I, when I, I heard that, I was appalled. Yeah. That, I mean, that was, ter- I, you know, I'm so surprised at, uh, I shouldn't be surprised, but I think I'm more disappointed is the word I'm looking for than anything. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Oprah was always, they've always said that, you know, Oprah was never for, you know, she didn't born for, uh, for the white American than for black America. But, mm-hmm. you know, for her thing, she's like, I just do for America. But most of the women, when I was reading an article that um, was in tune to Oprah, what were white women that were not working? And right. they are the ones that were watching Oprah because the African, a lot of the African-American women were working. So that was her audience. That was her target mm-hmm. audience. So, and as it, as she began to grow, and get more popular and people holding on to her work, she, they're absolutely correct. Because if you go back and look at her shows and stuff, the, her target audience were white women. Right, When she right. featured so, them, the great stories were on white women. The terrible stories and the heartbreak stories were on us. So do you think that she, you know. she does that to keep her audience, that she would turn her audience off if she did the Harvey Weinstein and the and the – um, non-people of color, do you think that she's afraid or that she would turn her core audience off? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do. I, I really At do. this point, I would and think I, that she would be to the point where she would be like, okay, I've achieved, I've, I can understand your earlier days. You have to be be careful, basically. Um, but at this point in her career, I would think that she would be a little bit more um, – Careful with, with, with and, and, and control as well. I think that's the more word, the better word that I'm looking for, and better control of the stories that she wants to produce. Um, same thing with Gail King. They were saying how her and the R. Kelly story, um, Gail chose to go after him when there were so many other people that she could have attacked. And then not, you know, this is not to justify or condone anything that may have happened. But just their their particular choices and the celebrities that they choose to um, exactly because I exactly right I really feel as though that Gail King exploited um, R Kelly. Uh, your intent was to the the basis of the show was to let him have his own voice so everybody can yeah. hear his side of the story. But I really believe that she gaslighted him as well and exploited exactly. him because mm-hmm. there's nothing in that interview that I saw to um, help R. Kelly and for him to tell his story, to ridicule him even more, to make him look worse than what, in a public eye than what he did already. That's how I felt about it. I, I, was, mm-hmm. I, I was disgusted by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. There's a, the surviving R. Kelly, there's a surviving R. Kelly 2, I believe. I don't know if I saw that. On Netflix? I saw where... I saw where the wife is filing suit against um, who? Who was produced by? Was that Lifetime? Who did that show? I know she I was on was, Netflix. I think it was Lifetime. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Netflix. I thought it was Lifetime. Whoever, whoever yep. the producer, 
she was Andrea mm-hmm. Kelly. She was filing suit against him for surviving R. Kelly too, which I thought because I thought he was supposed to be coming out with some type of reply or response to it. But anyway, you know where our guest is in the studio, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back. We have Miss Naomi Johnson, um, and we're going to discuss mothers fighting against the system. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Let's Face It with Bill Strayhorn and Friends. We'll be right back. She could have been your daughter, your sister, your friend. On a cold autumn day, 19-year-old Arlen decided to end her life. She tucked a tiny stuffed rabbit into one pocket and a suicide note in the other. She said she wanted to be with her baby. Her friend said she didn't want the abortion. Most women don't. Over 60% involve coercion. They say the worst part of the pain is that there's no one to share it with. Learn more about unwanted abortions and how to help or find help at theunchoice.com. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 30 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. Or your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. You're now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Our featured guest tonight is Ms. Naomi Johnson. She is a talk show host um, with a very special message that's near and dear to her heart. Her son was killed by a Coach USA driver who was operating a U.S. Uh, New Jersey transit bus. So she's going to talk to us uh, tonight about that, as well as a little bit more about her story and what she's doing with the show. So please help me welcome to the show, Miss Naomi Johnson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Um, Paul is on the show, but we were having trouble. So the, the name of your talk show, let me see if I won. Is it Nonela? Uh <laughs> Is Nunella. None. Both of us are wrong. We both got it wrong. Yeah, we both. None. Nunella culture. Okay. Yeah, like, like N O N E none, like nobody none, and I L L sick, and H. Gotcha. Okay. Now you see, I went way deep. I'm like, it looks like it's something. It's like an African name. It has this. Okay, I got you. I got you. That one. Nunella did that. Okay. You get that now, Paul? I said none. I said none, Eli. But that's what I was saying. I think I was a little closer, maybe. You was a little bit closer. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Um, and I was reading up on your show. My my assistant was catching me up uh, on the situations that happened. Um, before we get right into the questions, can you just give us a little bit uh, feedback about what happened actually to your son? Oh boy, painful. My son, um, 
he was on his way going to work, and he was at the stop, and he flagged the driver to stop. He was already at the public transportation. It's so hard for me to say the U.S. word. And he was at the public transportation stop with another gentleman. He flagged the driver down to stop because he was the driver had flew past, didn't need to stop. He saw my son. He didn't need to stop. So mm-hmm. my son was on the sidewalk, on the curb, and what he did, the driver looked like he was slowing down, so my son had rushed up to the front door. He was still on the curb. Right. And the driver was speeding. He jumped the curb and killed my son. My son was at oh, the front door knocking and ran over my son twice and dragged him. Oh, my goodness. He was, of course, convicted of this, correct? I'm sorry, say that again, please. He was, the the driver, he was convicted of? No. What, what was it? He wasn't convicted? He was not convicted. What they did, when I said I found out so much corruption, I had to do my own investigation. One thing about a mother who loves their child and who's close to their child, they know what their child will do and will not do. And the prosecutor started fabricating to me to myself, oh, he was chasing the public transportation down. You know, mind you, I have a friend who's a um, who's a judge. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, Naomi, you know, you do your own. He said, I need you to go to the people and talk to the people around the area because they're not really going to say much to the prosecutor or the police, but being that you his mother, they'll tell you. Right. He said, I know it's hard for you, but I need you to do that for me and your son. So I did that. And sure enough, the owner of Exxon Gas Station, he said, no, your son was not chasing the public transportation. He said he was at the stop. He said, your son went to the Seven Eleven. He said, I see your son all the time. You know, my son had a car. His car, you know, had gave out, and one of my one of the cars was in the shop. So he normally be driving. Mm-hmm. And so after that, the prosecutor, once it's like a vehicle homicide, it turns over to the prosecutor. And the prosecutor was supposed to contact me. The prosecutor never contacted me. I had to go there. Never. So they was covering up my son's demise. Yeah. And I just, as I still dig in more, it's more corruption on the fold. So I had wrote to the DOT, Department of Transportation, I'm like, this mm-hmm. driver is still driving, you know. And the driver fabricated like, oh, um, he didn't see my child. But not knowing that I got a hold to the investigation tape, when they, well, the interview tape, when it first happened. And the lawyer gave me the interview tape with the prosecutor, the driver, and transit lawyer. Mm-hmm. Now, the driver gets up and demonstrates how he saw my son. And the transit lawyer, uh, Mike Tuga, told me, oh, remember, you didn't see anyone. And so the the detective said, oh, what you had there is it was out of your control. Mind you, Exxon Gas Station gave me a videotape. Oh, that showed. Right. Now, the videotape that I had, it was... It was an old, and I couldn't get anybody to convert the videotape because it was on the old program, surveillance program. Right. And 
so and this happened in 2012. So I said, well, let me see YouTube. So somebody just told me try see if YouTube will convert this video. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, this year YouTube converted the, the video, the surveillance video, and you see the driver sped sped around the corner. You don't see my son running or anything. The now the the witness. They're like, oh, the driver was not speeding, but you can see on the video. I put it on YouTube. Okay. You see he was speeding around the corner, jumped the curb, and you see the vehicle go up twice. Wow. And he is not convicted. He has so much infraction. He was convicted in 1999 for speeding. Mind you, we convicted him for that, but he was speeding and killed my son and didn't convict him. That's unbelievable. Mm. Yes. And so I had information with the lawyer. He had um, a, a bus specialist, and the specialist said, regardless that driver, according to the policy, the driver was supposed to stop regardless. And if, you know, someone's, he, my son was already at the stop. So it was all this, but the YouTube converted it, and you know, videos don't lie. Yeah, they definitely don't. Definitely, definitely don't lie. Um, this is Paula, and again, I, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, you, I, you know, because losing a loved one is a very difficult thing. And one of the questions I wanted to ask I um, lost my sister. Is, is there a difference between losing a child and losing another loved one? Yes, this is a much different. My brother back in 1992, my brother and I was very close, and um, I thought I just wanted to, to die when my brother, you know, had got shot. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to give up. But my grandma like, no, you got to live on for your son. You know, so I said, okay. Now my grandmother, she helped raise me. Now she had transition. So I can mm. compare the three. You know, it's much, much different when you have a, have a child because you feel that child move in your body. You, you feel mm-hmm. that you're growing with that child. You know, my son was 22 years old, and my son and I was close. And you got to keep in mind, every mother is not close to their child, and every child is not close to their mother. Right. As a former teacher, I saw that firsthand. Yeah, I see parents didn't care about their child, and I saw a child who didn't care about the parents. So I say it's really the closeness and attachment that you have. And my son and I was very close. I did everything for my son. I finished college because of my son. And wow, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to ask. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, I definitely can see, you know, because they always say um, losing a child is burying your child is one of the hardest things that you could ever do. And when my sister passed away, you know, that's one of the things that my mom to this day, you know, always says that she never thought that she would have to bury one of her children or one of her children would die before her. And it is a terrible, terrible thing. But she said, you know, you'll get through it, but it's just a loss that you will always, nobody could ever understand the pain 
of a mom losing their child and bearing their child. She said that's something that people will never be able to comprehend. No, you can't because when it first happened, um, his, my son, where I used to live at, my son grew up with this young lady. We lived in the same place. She lived, like, across the hall from us. She was mm-hmm. killed first by New Jersey Trans Coaches, a driver. He was speeding. He was on the phone because I was reading an article and one of the witness statements. The driver had hit her, and do you know they did not prosecute her driver either? What? Yes. He gets already free. And not knowing when I saw the mother, I said, I cannot imagine. Not knowing five months and 27 days later, my son gets killed the same way. The and same I remember way. Her, yes, her name was Christy Noble, and he knocked on her door. He said, Mom, Christy Noble just got to kill her. I said, what do you mean? She was with her three-year-old son. The three-year-old son had survived. <laughs> The way the coach, USA um, public transportation spokesperson, come on, I said, oh, she went out there with her child. No mother is not going to run out in the street with their child, three-year-old child. Really? We are protectors. And so that was the headline, which is all online, had the lie that they had. And that's what they were trying to convince me. Oh, no, it was an accident. And I said, no, it was not an accident. You know, I felt that when a child is ill, it's like preparation. But when your child looks at you and say, I'll be back home, and he get killed, right. where's the preparation? There's no preparation. Mm. I noticed when we were, when I had introduced it, when I, I noticed when I introduced, um, actually to, to tell about the story, you choked up a little bit. So what, do, you, do you have triggers that, you know, in dealing with the whole thing, do you, do you have trigger words or things that um, yes, bring back the, the pain all over again? Yes, it's hard for me to really drive when I see a public transportation because the lawyer that I had, when I say they mistreated me like I was the one who ended my son's life, the lawyer that I had, he like, okay, we're going to go to mediation, and I'm going to show you image. We're going to pull out image of your son remaining. Leave out the um the conference room, and I said, well, mm-hmm. okay. He did not do that. He just pulled it out, and I'm looking at the show me picture of my son remaining. His matters on the curb. When he wants good. Mm. And so those And this was your, this was your attorney, the one representing you? Yes. 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 Unbelievable. And then the, yeah, that's the, the retired judge, and is that another mediation we go, the retired judge, he stopped fabricating to me. Oh, it was one time. I said autopsy shows was twice. It's not was the one time. My brother-in-law, he went there, identified my son. It was <clears> twice. <throat> the guy ran my son's head and chest. <clears throat> and so the retired judge, he gets nasty with me, very sarcastic and upset because he was trying to convince me that the driver ran away him once. I saw the evidence, and not only that, when the, they were, I did most of the investigation myself, and I sent and gave it to the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, why are you lying to me? I, I did most of the investigation. I, I gave it to them. I went to interview people. I did all the investigation, you know. 
And I said, so why are you lying to me? So he got upset. So he like, well, you didn't do this for me. And I said, yes, I did. I said, everything he asked me to do, I emailed it. And he said, well, the mm-hmm. lawyer didn't get I said, give me the, the, the computer. Every letter I pulled up, I pulled up on email showing that I had sent it to him. So they was trying to play the mind games on me. So the, attorney, the um, judge, Judge Lawson, he got very upset. So he says to me, oh, well, the front wheel didn't kill me with the back wheel because all his brain matter was in there. So this haunts me oh all God. the time. So every time I look at, at the public transportation, I cry, I scream. I'm, I'm really mentally suffering. No mother wants to see the remains all over. Exactly. 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 Especially presented to you that way by your own lawyer without, you know, preparing exactly. for that. That was a little cold exactly. and insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. That was. No, I, I have a question to ask you, but I want to ask you something before then. I, I'm sure in your research you found out, because you said there was another person, the lady who lived down the hall. Is this a common issue with the New Jersey Transit that, you know, it's a, a lot of accidents that are going without being punished? It is an epidemic in New Jersey. It happened every, every time you pick up a paper or email is like twice or three times out of the week a life is taken by new, and none of the drivers are held accountable. Now I had wrote to the US Senator Bob Menendez about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, I'm a senator, you know, you gotta go to your your um he he's a US senator, the federal senators and I had to go to you know, my senator close to me to keep so I went to her, she never helped me. No, never. When I say it's corrupt and cover up from the prosecutor and all, cover up, cover up. It happens all the time. I have recently wrote an article about it, all the corruption. Mind you, I have all the evidence. And I have wrote an article about it, and I submitted it to one of the online um, newspaper. Transit mm-hmm. lawyer saw the article and told the guy from community, community news to take the article down. This is what I'm saying. When they see somebody exposing it to it, and what I do, I attach the evidence to it. And they saw it, and they asked, told them to take it down. Luckily, the guy said no. He said he refused. See, they have articles. When they see articles with people exposing them, they have them to take it down. So it shows mm-hmm. that this does not happen all the time. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. And none of these drivers are being held accountable. They call it as an accident. Like I said, what happened to my son was not an accident. I came across, and I, if you go on reckless New Jersey Transit or Coast USA bus driver, you see mm-hmm. people make so many complaints. It's a complaint site, and so many complaints are written up on them. Even with the driver, the driver had recently, what I had read, uh, an honest person has said that he witnessed the driver had threatened my son. Wow. Yep. Prior to the accident? Yes. Because what happened, according to what the person had statement, he said, he said, my my son was like, minding his business, like getting off the public transportation. You know how when you look, make sure you have everything? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You, look, you recheck, you know, you check the seat, make sure you have everything. So mm-hmm. according to the person on, on the public transportation, the driver told my son, you better hurry up and get off. And my son said, hold up, you know, I'm looking to make sure I have everything. And so the, according to the um, person, he said, why are you rushing the young man? He's trying to make sure he has everything. The driver said, well, you need to mind your business. 
And so mm. my son said, why are you disrespecting? Again, this mom, <clears throat> according to the, the witness who made that statement, he mm-hmm. said, my my son said, why are you um, talking nasty to me? I'm not, do I disrespect me? I'm not disrespecting you. And this is online. This is not alleged. This is all mm-hmm. online. And the driver like, oh, you don't know who, I, who you messed with. My son like, well, you don't know who you messed with. Why are you? Why are you being nasty to me? He like, oh, I can mm-hmm. end your life and nothing happened to me, and I'm still have my job. I kid you not, this is online. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then after right. that, um, the deposition, the other attorney, I had a deposition. He did a deposition, and I came across another a complaint about the same driver. He threatened somebody else, and the guy was getting off the public transportation. The driver pulled off, and the, driver, the guy had unfelt. Had, um, now, mind you, I had saw it online. The lawyer that I had had did took a deposition, and that was in a deposition. The lawyer, the mm-hmm. I went through four lawyers. I had I fired four lawyers. So the fourth lawyer, he never told me about this incident where the driver had threatened another um, passenger. Mm-hmm. And I, but I read it in a deposition. And in the deposition, they said, well, why you never complain about the the um, passion that fell off the public transportation? And I put that online. All Everything I'm telling you, I put all the evidence right online. Mm-hmm. So, so I had to – go ahead. The, the, go ahead. No, and then after that, when I, when I called the Department of Transportation – and um, they told me the kind they gave me the state police number to call, and I called the state police, and he gave me the motor vehicle, and he like that driver should not be driving. If you Google the justice for Deshaun Deshaun Johnson and go to Google Image, you'll see the driver all his infractions. When I say he has infraction, he's still driving. So the lady from motor vehicle, she said, well, let me look pull up your son's case. She said, mm-hmm. oh, you know what they did? They blamed your son. She said, you never got a report? I said, no, they didn't give me no, any report. I said, when it went to the um, so-called grand jury, I never got a docket. <clears throat> they never gave me anything. So your lawyer did everything without you knowing? The prosecutors. Right. But you had an attorney that was there, too, as well, right? Yeah, each turn I went through four attorneys, and they wound up, I don't know, probably buying them off. It, it's crazy. I had to go through four mm-hmm. attorneys because like, they start lying to me. So every time they lie, mm-hmm. lie to me, I start doing my own investigation. Right, right. And you're yeah. still, you're, are you still fighting with the system? They, they didn't try to settle with you or anything like that? I am to the point I'm trying to, I don't want to give up, but I'm still trying to fight. You know, it's not about the money mm-hmm. because people realize the money is just like a lawsuit. So when you get the money, they want you to sign a gag order. Exactly, exactly. I, I declined the gag order because I'm like, I know my constitutional right. That's my First Amendment. I have a right to exercise my First Amendment. Mm-hmm. So I declined the gag order. So now the lawyer, the fourth lawyer I had, he wound up signing the gag order for me. I had called the FBI, you know, doing an intake, and it lady from the FBI intake, she said, well, why he do sign a gap order? Lawyers don't sign a gap order. Mm. Mm. So when I and said corrupt... Exactly. 
and and then you you started the, the the talk show, none Ella talk show. Now, was this a show that you started, or what inspired you to start the show? Well, for, my son was a well-known hip hop artist, underground hip hop right. artist in New Jersey. And when he rapped a song, he would say Naila. Naila was his oh. tagline. Naila okay. means no one, no one is better than him. That's what Naila right. means. Right. And uh, and he was starting he starting his t-shirt clothing line as well before what happened to him. So on the 19th, he was supposed to do a music video, but not knowing his life was going to be taken Wednesday, July the 18th, 2012. And so. That's why I do not illustrate on his legacy. I also, you know, uh, design clothing because one criminal lawyer said, you need to get the people involved. I said, well, how can I get the people involved? So I was thinking where a lot of people go to. So I said, oh, New York Fashion Week. So I start, you know, because I have my own online store too. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, let me do New York Fashion Week because there's a lot of media being there, a lot of press to get cover and, you know, expose them and shine the light on them, on, on the corruption. So that's why I did that. Now, with the talk show, I had an interview, and actually it was my son. They wanted to interview my son, so I had to let them know my son wasn't here. And so I went to the church. And so the woman, the host was interviewing me. She said, you know what, why don't you start your own talk show? So I said, well, how am I start my own talk show? Don't you need money? She said, no, what you can do, you go to your community TV. She said, once you, it was in um, New York in Brooklyn. She said, let's go talk to the producer here and see if you can start your own show. And I spoke to a Brooklyn um, producer, and he like, well, you gotta be living in, you have to live in Brooklyn to be able to do it. So he referred me to Manhattan, then the Manhattan person referred me to somebody in 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 Montclair. The Montclair person referred me to Princeton, and that's how I was able to go to the talk show. I pitched, I had what I did. I pitched my um my my story that I want to do to get all the people whose lives was taken by New Jersey Transit as a platform to share their story. Wow. And, uh, and is, this, people, is this a show I that have, you got, is it weekly? Say that again, please. Your talk show, is this a weekly talk show, or how often do you have your show so well, people can tune in? Yeah, the talk show is weekly, it, you know, every week. As because I can't get there, the, the director he would like me to do it like twice a week, but I cannot do mm-hmm. that because believe it or not, Wednesday on July the 18, 2007, I became disabled with Bloomfield police officer with chasing a stolen car, and not knowing five years later on the same day, same town, my son' life get taken in the same town wow. that I was disabled. So. Wow. Um, yeah, so he was helping me out. So mm-hmm. I don't do the I do the talk show like twice a week mm-hmm. because it's a little farther where I live at, you know. And I have people who see articles about what happened to my son, and they contact me and want to share their story. Mm-hmm. You know, they find me on Facebook. They they find they find me, and I have like a change dot org raising awareness for mm-hmm. people who like taken and they find me through the change.org and share their story and I try to get them on TV but they don't want to come to the TV 
part yeah. of a sonic death order, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I was on that fight not too long ago. You saw that. Say that again. I said I was on that change.org site and I was looking through some of the stories and saw that. Oh yeah, you read some of the stories, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's sad. And the governor not doing anything. I met with the guy. Governor was doing a speech. Um, governor Murphy. I spoke with him. He just like, oh, just blew me away. Oh, I don't have anything to do with trans, trans and, you know, um, somebody help her. Mm-hmm. Very, very dismissive. But yet, yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gave, yet he gave New Jersey Transit four four oh seven point five million dollars, and all that money is only going to go to paying off lawsuits. That's all because they're not doing anything about it. It's like again, it's a bandaid. You need to correct the problem, pass a law, and hold these drivers accountable. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you're doing the right thing by by continuing to tell the story, and it's definitely going to be on our page, so our listeners will will hear about the story and what's going on up there in New Jersey. I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. Um, and thank you, thank you. I wish the best for you. I wish the best for you. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. And again, my son' music is online. Sean Cos Mason. He's on different news um, platforms. And, of course, the Nano Talk Show. If anybody want to be a guest, I do um, Skype interview as well. And I also okay. have a podcast, Naila Podcast. How do they get in contact with you for your show? They um, could contact me at N-E-I-L-L at gmail.com or Naila Talk Show at gmail.com on Instagram, Facebook, Google Naila, you'll find Naila because Naila is only, my son has Naila because it's trademark. So, again, N-O-N-E-I-L-L-A-H, then email me. Awesome, awesome. Well, Naomi, thank you so much for coming on the show, and I hope you have a good holiday. I'll try. Thank you guys for having me. You're You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. I can't believe nobody is doing anything. And if, it's, if it's happening so much, it just seems like there's a bigger person who's making sure they're 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 covered. <clears throat> Some type yeah. of an inside job going on, like she was saying, like she pointed out from. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Um, did we finish our discussion? We only have like three, four minutes. Well, I think we know. did. Yeah, yeah. I think we did finish our discussion. We talked about Oprah. We talked about everything. Um, you know, our favorite season is coming up pretty soon, so um, the weather outside is getting chilly. You know, the first day of winter is, well, is right around the corner. I think it's the 22nd. Believe it oh, or yeah, not, it the is, other day right. it was like 70-something degrees. And, you know, I'm Today from New England, and they're freezing and having a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're having a snowstorm so, up there? Yeah, they are having a snowstorm right about now, and it's icy, and my mom's like, it's like three degrees. I was like, well, it's like 60-something degrees here today. So um, just looking, for, you know, and I, yes, it is freezing. I'm still trying to get in the holiday spirit. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, this is with me. So with me, I am all for this picture-perfect Christmas where I see where family, we're talking, we're eating, playing games. 
I'm not down for the gifts this year. You know, we just had a big wedding, spent a lot of money for it, and I don't feel I don't want to feel pressured. I have this I have I have guilt guilt gift guilt is what I'm dealing with right now because I don't I really don't have the extra money to buy everybody gifts. But my family is like, if I buy you a gift, you need to buy me a gift. That's the type type thing. Well, that then they I have wouldn't want on. anybody. Don't buy me anything. You could give me a hug. And, you know, give me a hug, tell me you love me, but don't buy me anything because I'm telling you right now, I don't have the money for it. I'm not, I can't afford to buy anybody anything. So if you're looking for something for me, mm-hmm. don't, don't buy me anything. I'm going to come and I have myself a great time. I wonder if I should make that statement. I wonder if I should make that statement. Yes. I if think you're looking you for, if it's statement. like a Pollyanna trade gift, then, you know, don't right. worry about it. Yeah, because I can do cards and stuff like that, but. And these are right. heavy hitters in my family. I'm, I can't do it this year. Sorry. We're recovering. Right. I mean, I I can't do it. I don't, you know, I, I'm buying a few little things. You know, I yeah. spend a lot of money because, you know, I'm a new grandmother, so I spend a lot of money doing that. And, of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to get the mister something. But the thing of it is I don't have a lot of money this year. And mm-hmm. I haven't even put up the first decoration. That's not even like Not me. the first one. Um, I, right. I think that I'm looking forward to – just like you said, spending time and making memories. Right. Even though you know everybody knows that I love presents, but I'm all into this spending time and making memories thing. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that's the most important in the holidays because, like, my sisters are here, my dad is in here, and I'm just I think about all the fun times that we used to have, and you can't get that in the store. Right. You cannot exactly. buy that, and nobody can take it from you. Like I told, I, everybody knows that I love high end perfume. But mm-hmm. once my bottle's empty, it's empty. You know, I can go back to the store and get it, but it's gone. But the right. memories, nobody can take from me. So mm-hmm. just like we spent time together at, for my birthday and made so many memories and had such a great time, I, I'm I'm good. You know, I just, um, as long as you're around love around that time, that's all that, that matters. Presents are fun, the decorating, the food, and all of that stuff, but nobody should make you feel guilty because you can't buy someone You again. can't do that. Especially right, somebody exactly. you haven't seen in 15 years. I'm not buying nothing. <laughs> right, right. I don't even know. I, you. I don't even know what you like. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Next week is Christmas. Christmas. Um, Christmas Eve actually is the show. As a matter of fact, the show is on Monday next week. I'm glad the next two shows are actually on Monday instead of Tuesday because next oh, Tuesday really? is Christmas Eve. Yeah, because next Tuesday right. is Christmas Eve. And then so um, the following. Carol. Oh, is it going to be the one you sing at your birthday? No, not just the one, but I'm going to probably sing Silent Night because that's one of my Christmas um, favorite Christmas songs on the show. I, I'm excited okay. about that. I'm ex- super excited. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And I'm going to put that on the promo flyer that you will be singing Silent Night. Yes. I think it's a joke, yes. but it's going to be on the flyer. Okay. It's gonna, yes, yes. I'm going to be singing. Okay. All right. All right. See you then. All right, boo. Um, next week, make sure that you tune in. I don't even know who the guest is. I think we're talking about um, the foster system and adoption. That was like a personal interest of mine. But, um, yeah, tune in next week, same place, same time. Me and Paula B. will be here. Uh, Meet us here. Until then, be blessed.
Thanks for tuning in to tonight's show. I hope you get a chance during the week to visit our site at livewithwill.com for up-to-date show information, including exclusive opportunities and exciting upcoming interviews. Be sure to tune in next week, same place, same time, for another informative show of real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. 